Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. You talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Meet Daphne Buckley a psychiatrist in search of a great love. He hasn't turned up yet, but surely he will. He could be any one of the respondents to her old-fashioned looking-for-love classifieds. He could be one of the men her overbearing mother tries to set her up with, or even someone she already knows. It doesn't matter. Daphne is determined and brainy and prepared to bend all the rules. With old-school friend Celeste by her side, and her mother's grooming tips for unkempt leg hair, love is likely just around the corner. Whether Daphne deserves it is another question. And with a psychopathic killer lurking, how far she'll go to get it is the biggest question of all. Welcome to Words and Nerds Podcast Takeover. I'm Julian Grasso of Middle Grade Mavens, the podcast, and today I'm chatting with Alison Reynolds about her hilarious new release, the near Daphne experience. Welcome, Alison. Hi, Julie. How are you going? Oh, it's so great to finally talk about this book. So Alison and I have been friends for many years now after meeting at the very first Kidlit Vic. Can you believe it's yeah, been that long? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and if our listeners don't know, Kidlit Vic is a Melbourne conference that Alison established in order to bring kidlet authors and illustrators to meet and hear from industry professionals about publishing children's and YA books in the current Australian market. Alison has written some incredible children's books and her new Friend for Marmalade and A Year with Marmalade are still favourites in our household many years later. But we are not here to talk about children's books. Today we're here to talk about Daphne. Well, not exactly Daphne, the near Daphne experience published by Affirm Press in June 2022. So, Alison, let's talk about Daphne. Um, oh, well, thank you. It's so good to be on this podcast and to see you, Julie. Um, oh, yeah, and I'm really happy about that. Daphne. <laughs> so, Alison, we know you've written for children for many years. What brought you to write a writer's romp of a novel about the unedifying search for love? Um, well, like everybody, you know, when I went through COVID, things had to change a bit. I was couldn't go out. I was stuck at home like everybody else. And um, oh, I'd taken up table tennis. I was running out of things to do. The dog was um, going to bed whenever she saw me out there with the leave. Um, yeah. I just finished doing a couple of. Uh, educational books they'd been sent off, children's books they'd been sent back to America. So I didn't know what else to do and they hadn't invented Wordle yet. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't eat bread because I can't eat gluten, no sourdough bread for me. 
So I decided I'd take the break um, in life because it was a break in life for a lot of us. And I'm not in a situation like you and many other people. My children are growing up, so I don't have, I didn't have to do that horrible homeschooling, which I would have broken me. Yes. But um, <laughs> so this is, I thought I'll do something different. And um, when I first started writing, I dabbled with writing for adults and for children at the very beginning and the children's writing was the one that took off. So, yeah. of course, I went and did that. And um, so I'd written a book with a slightly, a bit of the same plot line years and years ago, but it's been in my bottom drawer. So I pulled it out and I looked and I thought, oh, I'll fix this up. I couldn't fix it up. I ended up just throwing it out. Yeah. And But it gave me... I used a couple of the same characters, but it ended yeah. up being very different. Yeah. And, yeah, so um, I got – it was really, really good because I could go – when I was writing that, I was happy and I wasn't worrying about COVID. And, yeah. Um, it, was a, it was my escape. Um, yeah. I think those of us were lucky had an escape. And the dog encouraged it because she was pretty tired by then. So she encouraged oh, me to Yes, no more walking for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so – what what we do really want our listeners to know is this book has a unique and refreshing format in that it technically is what we call an apostolic novel. That is, it's completely written in correspondence in the form of emails, texts, and good old good old fashioned poison pen letters. So this has um, this question has always been on my brain since reading and listening to Near Daphne Experience. Did you write it? in linear fashion, or do you, do you write each character separately? Um, the, the first thing I wrote, the mother's voice came to me. I had this picture of this voice saying, oh, oh Daphne, you know, telling her off old Daffers. And I thought, what is this woman? Um, yep. And so I actually started writing it about her. This was Daphne's mother. And I wrote little bits in that sort of short form. And maybe that reflected my mind during COVID a bit. I could just run upstairs and write a bit and then, you know, write an email, write a letter and then run back downstairs. And, um, yeah, it probably showed that my mind was hopping around a bit. And I just kept writing, writing. Then I got to the stage about a third of the way through. I needed to, then I suddenly turned linear. But that was also the time that I decided the ending a bit. Yeah. So um, I knew what I was. So the first third was total. I don't know. Total mash of ideas and this yeah. funny soup yeah. in my head, just burbling them out and trying to make myself laugh. And then I became a lot darker. Yes. And um, yeah. And then I thought, what have I got here? And yeah. So then, well, you probably find this in your own writing. You get to a certain stage where you've got to um decide what your yeah, I needed to know a little bit more about what I was going. So, yeah, I was yeah. non-linear for the first third and then I turned into a linear person. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we would call you a pantsing plotter. Oh. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very similar. I pants it for about the first third and then I think I really need to plot this now. <laughs> so very oh, well, similar. Well, I get because, you know, I'm writing picture books a lot and short books. So this was a long thing and I had to keep my interest up and, yeah, um, yeah and then I thought, oh. 
and it changed what characters I liked and didn't like. So I decided something very bad had happened to that one. And yeah. um, it's, it's got a lot of things from on. I've heard I pop I hear something I pop that in. Someone to tell me a funny story. Something happens. I pop that in with permission, and yeah. then just see um what I've got. But yeah, it's just weird. I what am I? I'm a pantsing potter. You are pantsing or a potting pantser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So a firm press aligns with your vision for the book and agrees to publish it. Did your many years of bookmaking prepare you for the editorial process? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I'm someone, I'm, I love being edited. I'm not very precious about my work because I think maybe because I've been doing it for so long, I'm, you know, I'll look at it. Don't take any as a personal thing. I think yeah. um, editors are trying to improve things, which is something I think you learn a lot. <laughs> I've learned. So now I'm pretty non-precious. But it surprised me. I don't know. I thought because it was such a long book, they wouldn't give it as much close examination as, say, a picture book, which is so few words. Yeah. Um, because picture books, you look at each word. Well, I was wrong. I had a... <laughs> they did even more. It was almost forensic editing. I had a structural edit with the publisher, which was fantastic. She actually introduced it. Um, she suggested a new storyline, which I think really, really improved it. Yeah. And then I had a, um, you know, your normal copy edit, which was really thorough. And, um, yeah, I loved it. Not The plot itself didn't change. It was more enhancing things. And then I had a, a final edit with the... Uh, um, Oh, they have a wonderful, I think he's an editorial manager at um, a firm and he didn't let me get by with anything, which is really good because sometimes, you know, I can be a bit, talk people in, not talk people into stuff, but get stuff <laughs> to, he, you know, I got honed down, well, why are you choosing that word? I couldn't be yeah. able to be okay, which, yeah. was, um, which was so much fun because, um, yeah, I'm not, Odd. I really love being edited and you know I do too. Things, yeah. yeah it's, but some people don't I I had a children's book once and it was proofread but it wasn't edited and I made the um, company laugh because I said can you please edit me no one said I've done anything wrong and I know that there would be something wrong and they yeah. did um, redo it because I really feel like it can really um, not it's not a game it's it's something you know I love that part of your brain and they'll tell you, well, this doesn't work here. What can you come up with? And yes. um, we probably find that with your book that you're, yeah. and you come up with, you come up with a third line, which is, um, yeah. yeah, which is what I've, um, which is what I've, I did. And yeah, I love that sort of give yeah. and take and yeah. it's um, a lot of fun. Yeah. It's de a but, delicious conjuring, isn't it? It's just, yeah. It's a highlight for me too, working with an editor. I don't know how people don't love it, but hey, <laughs> each to oh, their own. <laughs> well, you're not fresh. I'm yes. not, not your person. <laughs> I think you're willing to give your book to someone and realise that they're trying to make it as wonderful as it can be. That's and right. Um, but it is, well, you've come to it um yeah, it is a learning thing. Well, I had to learn that because, you know, I get really upset. When I first started, I thought, that's a really good line. 
you have to lose your ego a lot and think, yeah. trust me, well, I'm going to write another good line. I don't have to hold on to lines. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, but I use the word um, Archie. Do you, do you know Archie? Oh, tell no. us about it. No, well, I my family, we've all grown up calling things Archie, meaning it's a little bit, oh, not, I might say oh, that coat looks a bit archy, which means like oh. a little bit old fashioned or the colour's a bit funny or whatever. Oh, no. I just I just presumed everybody um did that because you know how you grew up here on family words and yes. they had a third of that and I thought, Oh, that's yeah, so just sort of stuff like that just people wouldn't know what I meant by that. Yeah, um, of course. And looking at the sentence they would have known it from the context. It was um yeah. A bit of a dig, but you wouldn't know you'd see what nurse does that mean. But so yeah, yeah I love them. Um, also, I you and I are both. Yeah, we're on team editor, aren't we? Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. And also, when you're writing for a different generation that doesn't really understand all of our jokes, it can be very interesting. Yeah. Oh, when you're writing, yeah, it is. It's, um, I know, but I am amazed at how much people do know that are quite a lot younger than me. I mean, yes. I can't, I'm not, I mean, do you know all the words to Blondie songs? I don't understand how you can. Do you? Or a lot of people um, in your age can. I, I'd know a few. I'd know them. Yeah, I'd know but them. How on earth would you know that? Because, yeah, I'm just amazed when I go to concert. I think yeah. um, you've got to be careful. I've got to be careful not to underestimate people because, yeah, yeah everyone knows what music has been played in their house and speaking yeah. of music, well, audio, Daphne has an incredible audio version, oh. which I highly recommend our listeners to download a copy. There was so many laugh-out-loud moments, which knowing you was pretty possible, but to actually hear how incredibly funny you are in a book was an utter delight. Now, I, I know that you know, you have to actually listen to the talent to decide who goes in the audiobook. So what was it like listening to the talent, reading your words, and how do you even decide which voice best suited your book? Well, I felt like I was a judge on the voice or something. I sat in the big yes. chair and, no, I didn't. It was just <laughs> such a, you know, it's just fantastic. It was like a, an honour, and I always thought it would just, like, I haven't really listened. I've listened to a lot more, but I hadn't listened to many audio books. And I always thought, you know, people with beautiful voices and about to put expression in their voices. You know, someone who's really good at reading at school, but it's just, it's a totally different art form. Yeah. Um, I actually had that. Well, they were actors. I had at least, I was so fortunate that I had, I, I think it was four, maybe five actors actually did it. Um, the, I actually I laughed at my own jokes when I heard them, yes. which sounds really funny, but it wasn't. It was like they'd taken it away, created a totally different art form with it, and yeah. I was listening to the jokes um, in the yeah in a different way. And the mother, um, who's a huge um, one of the main characters, she was just incredible. Yeah. I mean the way she superb. Just, if she, yeah, she gone. They gone into my brain and withdrawn the essence of her, and just yeah. she just imbued it with that. I couldn't. Um, yeah, I um, would suggest people um, yeah Listen. just read it because it's just <laughs> it's 
I know it was just magnificent. It was like I couldn't believe it. It was such a gift to hear, and I still yeah. listen to it at night. But I, when I went to bed, but the only trouble is I fell asleep because I knew yeah. what was going to happen. Yes, so of it course. took me a long time to get through it, but. Uh, no, I just laughed along, which is really off laughing at your own jokes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So but no, that's what, like a different form. So what would be considered your highlight since releasing Daffers to the world? Um, oh, this sounds very cliche, but meeting people that have read it and loved it, it's such a, I can't explain it, Um it's just such a strange feeling that people could connect to your, like, out of this messy soup in my head, people are connecting to what I've written and I've entertained them because I did write it to try and be entertaining because I've been in COVID and we're all feeling pretty blah. And, yeah, and I'm just, it's just so, I met with someone on the weekend who um, she, she kind of, she, she read it. And she knew the book better than I did. Oh, I next time I should have read it. I should. I need to reread it sometime. But yeah. she, um, it's just an amazing feeling to know that people are connecting with you so much, and they've got favourite characters. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, but that surprised me because some of my favourite characters, I found um, people don't like. Which. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, yeah, like one of my heroines, my hairdresser, thought she was a terrible person. I thought she was a nice person. And then oh, some, some of the more, one of the um, men in it, Bigby, who I'm not a great fan of, yeah. um, a friend said, oh, it's, I really liked him. Oh, oh my goodness, that's what, there's a few problems there if you like a man like that. You never it know was, what's going um, to yeah. resonate. <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, I remember... You were writing this, obviously, um, and, uh, I mean, I got little snippets and then when I finally read the book, I was like, oh, my goodness, you just nailed it. It was just so funny. And I, I've been telling everybody it since, you know, you have to at least listen or buy the book. So you had oh, a Oh, thank you. Even, yeah. even if you weren't my friend, you would have had a fan of me. So, oh. Oh, well, that's pretty special because um, being a librarian, I know you read, a, well, you just read all the time, so I don't <laughs> think there's any high praise in the praise from a librarian. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So will, no, we, will we be seeing another instalment in Daphne's World or is there something you're working on next? Um, I would like there to be another instalment further down the line in that um, I've got a really good idea for what, the mother, Mariana, because she ends up, well, did she end up being the heroine for you or the main? I've got an idea. I'd really like to see what happened to the characters again. Yeah. And um, Yes. Yeah, because I left them, yeah, it was all a bit good to be true when I left yeah. them because I'm someone who likes tying up neat little bows on everyone like Jane Austen. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, of course, I shouldn't. Sounds funny compare myself to Jane Austen, but I'm sure you know your <laughs> readers will all know what I mean by that. And then well, that annoys some people. Someone criticised me for that, and I thought, oh, we've gone through COVID. It was just lovely having. Well, we still are, but it's just lovely to have a proper ending to stuff. Because so often yeah. in life we don't have endings. But um, 
No, I'm actually working on another book, which I'm enjoying. I've got another another more mature age lady in it, which um, yeah. which is fun, but they're hard to control these old. They are. Old, old chook. <laughs> she just wants to take over the whole thing. So I'm having to yeah. cut her back. But, um, yeah, I, it's making me laugh now, so I'm feeling I'm chugging along in it, so it's good. Well, that's the main, that is the main aim is to make yourself laugh and then make everybody else laugh too, which now that we're sort of considering others, what advice would you have for an author that has perhaps wanted to break away from their usual genre, maybe kids' books, and head into uncharted waters? Would you say do it? Um, Definitely. I'd say don't listen to other people. Um. Because no one, I mean, no well-meaning people, they say, oh, people, other writers, you know, saying to me, oh, it's going to be really, people are going to think you can just write little children's books and, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah and be, you know, nice little children's books, but little children's books. But that wasn't, that so was not my experience. Um, I think the publishers really I had a few interested in it and when I approached them, they all said, send it in straight away. They were even mailing me saying, where is it? Yeah. Um, so yep. totally. And I was pretty upfront. I said who I was and sent in my bio so they knew they knew what they were getting. And I think um, if you can write, it really translates. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really does. And, I mean, it was, oh, it was so much fun. I was starting to feel... I could use whatever words I wanted. I didn't realise that that worried me before, but, um, yeah, gee, I enjoyed yeah. being able to put in um, different words. Um, yeah. Had, yeah, you just, there's a lot more freedom with the adult one. But, um, yeah, but I really don't just try and if you get knocked back, you get knocked back. But I don't think it would be because you wrote for, for children's. Yeah. Um, yeah, like if I wrote erotica, <laughs> that might be a problem. Probably, um, I'd have to use a different. Why are you laughing? Yeah. I'd be might be good at it. I don't know, but um, I I mean, I'd have to use a different name. But no one said you need to use a different name. Yeah, um, of course. So yeah, yeah, they were pleased because they thought it would um, yeah, translate. Like people might have heard yeah. the name and be wanting to do it. Yeah, so I would say do it. So once you get your um picture book done you can yeah. write whatever you want next yeah that comes out next year yes yeah. perhaps a graphic novel <laughs> yes uh, oh well I lived, fine. I, like them. I lived a dream so is yeah. there a book you would like to give some love to that perhaps has been released since daffers has been in the world that's caught your eye that might need some love um well this is by a good friend of mine and then I thought, well, you shouldn't not say people because they're a good friend. So, um, do you know what I mean? Because yeah, what you can't. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's called The Rake's Daughter, and it's by Anne Gracie. Um, yes. She's an Australian writer, and she's published by Berkeley, which is Penguin yeah. in the in the US. And it's just so fabulous. It's so funny. It's set in, um, this is a book I give to everybody 
I suggest her to people who tell me they don't like romance. And we don't all have yeah. to like every genre, but it's witty and it's funny and um, it's already turned into a comfort read. Yep. Um, so everyone, look for that. It's just, it's so funny. You just laugh out loud moments, but it also has been serious. It's got it all. You have a little comforting week um, during one bit, which um, do you like a little comforting week sometimes when you read? I do. And I have listened to Anne Gracie's oh. entire, <laughs> entire repertoire now that I've also listened to that book. And I loved it. So I would highly recommend The Rake's Daughter yeah. as well. Oh, it's it's so good. And um, also one of the good things about doing having a book come out is I've been to, um, you get out to festivals and you get out a lot more and there's a whole lot of really good Australian authors. I've changed my reading habits a lot. I'm reading mainly Australian authors. So yeah. Ali... Ali O'Neill, Maya Linnell, and they're all really different. Mark Hickey, they're all totally different. And that's um, that's a good thing about books. You can read something for whatever. You know, sometimes I really want to read a, a murder. Which <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, like comforting things, like watching SBU's horrible show, but I can't. I always have to watch it. It's just, um, yeah, comforting. And I'm looking forward to um, reading a book next year mm. uh, picture book that's coming out what <laughs> can you help with the name of that one yeah library book? there's one called hooray hooray it's library day coming out with scholastic in july 2024 by julianne grasso <laughs> and um i've read it and it's fantastic i recommend um that to everybody but yeah there's just there's just so many books um wonderful books out and coming out in july next yeah, there's yes. so many books coming out at the moment. It's just um, yes. fantastic. It's hard to keep up with them all. I've it got is. a very big to be TBR. Oh, yeah. Piles. yeah. Well, we are out of time. So where can our listeners find you if they want to check out your books? Um, oh, AllisonReynolds.com.au um, and all my, I'm on social media, all my links are on there. And, yeah, and I hope some of you want to, um, if you're looking for something a little bit quirky, um, yep. what's come out of the soup of my mind, <laughs> yes. check out Daphne. Yeah. Once again, it was a delight to chat with you, Alison, and it has been loads of fun taking on the Words and Nerds takeover. So thanks, Danny, and we'll catch you on the interwebs. Thanks, Julie.